This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster Webby. What is good? Man. Uh, we live in a world where the Toronto Raptors are maybe the best team in the NBA, man. Like, <laughs> I, and I don't know if you realize this, Sheldon, but I, I just want to bring this to your attention. I know that you're be doing the uh, amazing post-game Raptors shows, so I'm sure that you're kind of tuned into the team. So you may have noticed okay. this, but uh, Kawhi Leonard plays for the Toronto Raptors. Right? I've been sending out nightly tweets. <laughs> this is your nightly reminder that Kawhi Leonard... And he's really, really fucking good, man. He's so holy. You know what we were talking about the other day? It was funny because yesterday I was at work and I was sitting beside Parco, and I was scrolling on Twitter, and they had one of those, you know, like all the stations now make like these quote graphic boards that they share on social media. There was one from Skip Bayless's show, and it was like Kawhi Leonard is pretty good, but give me Jimmy Butler any day of the week, something (laughs) something like that, right? And we're, like, just laughing because we're like, come on, man. Nobody thinks that Jimmy Butler is better than Kawhi Leonard. Like, Jimmy Butler doesn't think that, the, the, right? We were just, like, laughing about it. The number it. of players. And then you watched the game last night, and it's like, yeah, come on. The man. number of players that I would say that Kawhi Leonard isn't as good as is dwindling by the game. <laughs> by the it's, game. I, I've oof. never seen, like, I love, uh, the, one of the reasons why I loved working in sports uh, one of the reasons why I love watching sports, one of the reasons I love paying attention is because on any given night, you're bound to see something that you've never seen before. Okay? Yeah. I've I oh, never yeah. seen anybody do what Kawhi Leonard did with that steal. I had to, I had to watch it 20 <laughs> times to understand. And, it, and, and I wasn't watching the game. I was watching, and we're going to get to it later, but I was watching the World Series and, uh, and, and the first period of the Leafs game. So I, I wasn't watching the Raps last night. But then... Yeah, it was yeah, one of those yeah. things that it's like, you, you know, on Twitter sometimes well, you, something will happen and it's like a wave. So the first thing you see is like, oh, my God. And then it's like, oh, did you see what Kawhi Leonard did? And then it's like all, this, all the big networks pick it up. And then you start to see the oh, gifts yeah. and the tweets and everything. And then by the time I had yeah. seen this, I, I needed every angle I could to, to try and break <laughs> it down like the way Tony Romo yeah. breaks a play down on Sundays. It's like... You can so you you see that Kawhi peaks Butler cutting up the and he knows that he has Kyle Lowry picking up Jimmy as he cuts so Kawhi can then make the decision of when yeah. he wants to jump into the passing lane and it's it was so crazy un, right it makes no it was sense. an unbelievable play and I I love those things that I've never seen before and I can honestly say like you know that I've spent a lot of time in my professional career watching sports and oh, I've yeah. never seen that before in my life. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely incredible. Kawhi Leonard is is a beast and we will definitely have a lot more Kawhi Leonard talk because I mean what is happening so far with the Raptors their 5 and 0 start and just the way that it's going down. I mean, it's almost like best-case scenario, like perfect scenario, other than, you know, maybe DeLon and Fred's injury issues might be the, the only negative here. But we'll definitely get to the Toronto Raptors. There's a lot going on in the it's NBA. What we call, Obviously, it's what we call a tease in the business. It's 
what we call a tease. Yes, you know, there's there's like Spitgate oh, was a yeah. thing. We got Steph dropping 51 in three quarters. Was it 51? 51. Yeah. Steph going I, crazy I don't think that, in three quarters. Have the quarters. Houston Rockets won a game yet? <laughs> well, the Houston Rockets are up to something. Yeah. We'll say that. Much. <laughs> yeah, we'll they say are. that, much, right? Or or do we start there? We I think we have there? to because right. if this breaks while we're podcasting, I mean, we're going to have to re- we got to react to it now because this thing seems to change by by the minute, by the hour, by the day. So, I mean, I, I, I and this is how washed I am. All right, I'm getting old, Shell. Okay. Uh, I I used to be right up. I like I used to be on top of this kind of stuff as soon as it would happen. Okay. You know, and, and then when I saw the news yeah. that there could be potentially four first round picks that the Houston Rockets are going to give up for Jimmy Butler, uh, I I was flummoxed, flabbergasted, whatever you want to call it. Flummoxed. Wow. Flummoxed. Hop right on Twitter and you know throughout the get throughout the gif the the surprise mm-hmm. tea gif of four first rounders for Jimmy Butler. And then I started scrolling down and it seemed like everybody had already commented on it. Even, even like <laughs> the Wendy's Twitter account was like, we wouldn't give up four junior bacon cheeseburgers for Jimmy Butler. It's like, oh man, I'm so washed. The, the wave of, has already crested on this Jimmy Butler news, but you felt late to, the I news. felt late to the news. Late. And that's a, that's a weird feeling for me. You know, that's how washed I'm getting. That is hilarious. But to catch up those people who might not know what's going on while you're on your commute Friday morning, if this deal hasn't happened yet, Woj, as Woj tends to do, drops another Woj bomb on a quiet Thursday afternoon that says, and this was the the genius part of it. It starts, story posting soon. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The Houston Rockets are making a renewed bid to acquire Minnesota All-Star Jimmy Butler including four future first-round draft picks in their most recent trade offer, league sources tell ESPN. And the genius about that is you, you put out the first tweet that says, story posting soon, so that the internet goes crazy. And now everyone's just sitting there hitting refresh on Twitter, waiting for the actual story to come out, right? Waiting for those woes bombs to unload their payload. It's just amazing how 2018 works, but... It was incredible, and everyone's going crazy trying to figure out, wait, are you even allowed to trade first <laughs> or four first-round picks? Like, how does that even work? And there's so many little rules here and there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here, Webby. Okay. okay. Would you be down with this deal if, I, if you are the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah. I'm going to start there yeah, first. absolutely. Would you take this oh, deal? I wouldn't be able to say yes fast enough. And, and, and I know that we've spent the last like couple of weeks talking about how much we uh, like appreciate Jimmy Butler, not just for his game, but yeah. for the way that he carries himself and that he can uh, kind of lead our locker room. Uh, listen, he could be literally LeBron James and four yeah. first-round picks I'm going to say yes to every time. Oh, okay. That's there, there's, I don't think there's one player out there that I wouldn't trade for four first-round picks no matter what team was and, giving me those first-round picks. And Wode says in this article that the lottery protections on the picks in the proposed deal would be limited, of course, and then also uh, there would be, oh, sorry, a key date in Houston's pursuit of Butler could be next Wednesday, October 31st. That is a two-month anniversary of their acquisition of Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris from Phoenix, at which point, 
Houston can aggregate one or both of their salaries into trade packages. Right, right. That's right? what I heard, that Which it's, obviously it's the Brandon Knight thing. Yeah, because you need to match salaries, right? You're not able, in the NBA, you're not allowed to just trade picks for salary. You have to throw in an actual player right. to make the salaries work out. So that's super interesting. So from the Minnesota side, you're in on this deal. I think I agree with you. How do you well, not? Look at what happened with the Boston Celtics. I mean, also too, like Jimmy Butler is gonna leave. A hundred percent. He's he, he's not staying. So if you're saying okay, if Jimmy Butler stays, we make the playoffs. Cool. The West is tough, but let's say maybe what you win a round, maybe you win two rounds, maybe best case scenario, best case scenario you make the conference finals, right? Jimmy Butler still leaves because you're not giving him the bag, right? So now you walk away with nothing, but maybe you win two playoff rounds instead of four future first-round picks, which, as you just said, we see the blueprint from the Boston Celtics and how that team was able to reload with the first-round picks that they got from the KG and Paul Pierce deal to the Nets, right? Absolutely. And, and that's the blueprint? That, that's the blueprint, and – I don't know. You look at a guy like Daryl Morey, who has been known for making kind of the right moves and building this Houston Rockets team the way it's built. This seems like a real reach for me, man. It's like you would think that a guy that knows this much about how rosters are put together and building for the future, and it seems like the Rockets are never in rebuild mode, right? It seems like they're always just reloading every year. They're not rebuilding, they're reloading, right? But So it's funny you mentioned that, Webby. It's funny you mentioned that because a couple weeks ago, Actually, it was during the start. It was just before the season started because I'm pretty sure training camp was going on. And Rachel Nichols did one of their episodes of The Jump in Houston. And they did a segment with Daryl Morey and the new owner of the Rockets. I'm not sure his name, but he's just some yeah. <laughs> right? Basically. And so the amazing part was this dude basically just sounded like your stereotypical rich, like, cowboy dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah, my guy was up there. No, but he was up there feeling himself like he's the owner of like if you're a fan, you want that guy to be the owner of your team because he's amazing. He was sitting there talking about how like, no, 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 we don't rebuild like we're we're all in trying to win a championship each and every year. So if there's superstars available and we're able to do it and he points to Daryl Morey and he says, hey, he has free reign to do whatever he wants to make us a championship competitive team each and every year. And I thought that was really cool to see, but also very telling as you see something like this now get leaked into the media, right? Because very few teams are going to throw away four future first round picks in any scenario, much less for Jimmy Butler, who's good, but he's not, as you mentioned, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Steph, you know what I mean? Like, he's not that tier, right? Listen. This Houston Rockets team. <laughs> I love when you give the listen. <laughs> as as good as this Houston Rockets team is, their best player is James Harden, who's been in the year in the league now what ten years? Something like Chris that. Paul's been in the league for what fourteen years? Something. Okay, like Jimmy Butler's been around since twenty ten. Nine years for James Harden. Yeah. Chris Paul, as my computer loads, 13 years of experience for Chris Paul. Okay, uh, who would be their... year 14 for CP. Who would be their third best player before we added Jimmy Butler? Eric Gordon? 
Eric Gordon. Yeah, I'd go Eric, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Eric, Eric Gordon. PJ oh, Tucker. How long PJ Tucker's been around? Another decade. Yeah, and I mean, Eric, there's a Eric Gordon between overseas. So, Eric yeah. Gordon's been around 2007, 2008. I want to yeah. say it's been a while. Okay, this is a team that doesn't have four years of sustained success behind their best players. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Why why give away these first-round picks? Best-case scenario for the Rockets, they win the NBA championship this year. What do they do next year? I don't think they care about that. And you they, know what, to be honest, because it's kind of like the Raptors where, like, I, like, hey, if you win a championship, cool. You worry about next year, next year. You know, it's kind of like if you look at what happened to the Dallas Mavericks, right? Dallas Mavericks got there, they won the championship, and then they didn't keep that team together. Right. And I bet you, if you ask Mark Cuban, that's probably a mistake because the team has never been even decent since. I was going to say, their rebuild has taken four years. Exactly. To even start. But they still wouldn't trade that championship for anything, right? So I still think the ultimate goal is the championship over long-term maybe we get to the championship. And I just respect the fact that, hey, they're saying, I love the mentality of, no, we're trying to get to the Warriors. But I also think, Webby, and follow me here for a sec, right? I think there's another side to this. Like, I think that they know, okay, well, Chris Paul's breaking down slowly, right? Chris Paul hasn't stayed healthy come postseason since ever almost i want to you know what i mean like chris paul is normally getting hurt in the playoffs i'm not i don't want to knock chris paul i'm not ripping chris paul but these are just the facts chris paul misses time during the playoffs because he gets hurt chris paul is getting older i was gonna say your definition of slow is a lot different than mine (laughs) i was trying to be polite and then i realized that i was just being incorrect (laughs) right but if you look at it so i think that this whole let's get jimmy butler thing is well, if you look back to last season, they're on the brink of beating the Golden State Warriors, and then Chris Paul gets hurt. I think getting Jimmy Butler is just getting another dude to be in the trenches with James Harden. Because the other part of this is, while each and every year we've seen Chris Paul break down and get hurt in the playoffs, we've also seen James Harden kind of shrink in big moments. Absolutely. Right? Uh, the last time and we so, saw him in the playoffs, he was bricking every three-pointer he took. Right. And so to quote that that coach, that college coach, we need more dogs, that guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah I don't I do. know his name. I do remember that. Uh, oh, uh, I don't remember that guy's name. Like, and I'm not going to waste time Googling. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I remember Something that. like that. Right. But just adding another dog, adding Jimmy Butler to that mix. I think he's just at I think the, the overall mindset, like on top of, hey, if Chris Paul's healthy, we now have. Chris Paul, we have Gordon, we have P.J. Tucker, we have Harden, and Jimmy Butler. Like, obviously that's great and that's fine, but if things kind of break down, if Chris Paul gets hurt again, you know, or maybe this is a thing where it eases the the load that you put on Chris Paul during the regular season, right? Because that could be another side to this, right? I just think there's there's another side. It's not just as simple as, hey, let's get Jimmy Butler because we now have a, a big three or whatever and we can go hard each and every night. I think it's more to pace Chris Paul and ease the pressure, some of the pressure off Chris Paul because he can't he couldn't hold up last year in the playoffs. Right. But then again, if you're going to take some pressure and some playing time away from Chris Paul, why not 
why not go out and get a, uh, a, a point guard who can shoot three-pointers? I mean, it just seems yeah. weird that Jimmy Butler is the guy. That, and again, I know that we spent the last three weeks saying how much we love Jimmy Butler, and I do. I think he's a great player and a great guy for the locker room, a, a really transcendent, uh, if not a superstar, then definitely somebody who can be a real star in the league. But just on the Rockets does not seem like a... We mentioned the fit was kind of odd. We did talk about that before, about, like, does the fit with Jimmy Butler actually work in Houston? And what I think, too, if I go back to that interview with Rachel Nichols, the owner guy seemed, and we've known this from Daryl Morey, as he took big swings in trying to get Dwight Howard, right? Obviously getting James Harden, obviously bringing in Chris Paul. They're about just bringing in stars and trusting that the stars can work it out. You know what I mean? And so remember, because when they got Chris Paul, the question was, can Chris Paul and Harden coexist? Can they play together? Right. They're both ball dominant. Can, and, I, and I think their mindset in Houston from an organizational standpoint is, listen, give us the star players, bring in the star players, and we'll work it out. And the other funny part about that interview was, while my guy, the owner, was going crazy, he was talking about how great Houston is, and he's like, you know, we want stars. We want to win championships. And if you're a star player, who wouldn't want that? And plus, what star player wouldn't want to live and make money in Houston where there's no state tax, right, T-Mac? And he's just pointing at T-Mac, and, and Rachel's like, well, T-Mac still lives in Houston, right? <laughs> so it was just kind of funny. They're all, like, laughing and joking around. But you got a glimpse into essentially what led to the point that we're at now. Yeah where they're risking everything just to try to get Jimmy Butler. So would you do that trade if you're Houston or no? You sound like you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't I I wouldn't trade four first round picks for LeBron James. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I see where your head's at. I no I, I know what you're saying, Webby. I Dude, know what you're saying. And it, I, it doesn't I don't think I would do it for like if I would do it for LeBron, I definitely wouldn't do it for Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's that caliber and I don't think Jimmy Butler guarantees you a championship this year. I don't think Jer Jimmy Butler guarantees you that you even beat the Warriors. I think it's still a series. Do you know what I mean? Listen, it it, it doesn't take necessarily a, a number one overall pick, a number of, a, a lottery pick necessarily to make a huge difference or a huge impact on your roster. We've seen that. For sure. We, we, we've seen that time in and time again with the NBA draft. You can find a steal, but I'll tell you, it gets a lot harder when you get to the second round. And if you don't have a first-round pick for four years, you're going to do some really, really big damage to your roster going forward. I, I, I don't care if you have all the money in the world. You need young talent in today's <laughs> NBA. The other thing, too, because people have thrown out the narrative that how good are these draft picks going to be? And I don't really think that matters, right? Because at the end of the day, with first-round picks, you can package them together and trade up in the draft. Exactly. You can package them with players that you already have. Let's say, let's say that you're Minnesota and, you know, the way that this year plays out, maybe Tibbs isn't here. Maybe they look around and they say, you know what, we're just going to build around Carl Anthony Towns. You can package – Wiggins with the first round pick and who knows what you could turn that into you know what I mean so getting all these first round picks just gives you more options as you continue to build your franchise forward because Minnesota's still not they're still not in a position to be like oh no we're a couple pieces away I think they still have a ways to go no before they're a legitimate championship contender Minnesota 
Minnesota. Oh, because the no, thing no, no, is, no, no, People are trying to say like, if Minnesota makes a trade for these picks, it's Houston's first round picks, so they're not really. No, worth no, 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 no. I don't think that's the point. I think you can turn those first round picks. You can you can cook them up and package them with something else and turn that into something big. No. Oh, absolutely. Well, we saw that with Boston. Accumulate the assets, flip it, turn it into something else. Trust in your your draft process, right? Absolutely. So, you never know what can happen. Plus, also as you as you mentioned, Webby, let's say Houston, this doesn't work, right? We could be a season away from Chris Paul being super injured and he he's not playing. Jimmy Butler's gone, and now it's just James Harden, right? And how good is that team, right? Like you don't know what's going to happen. So accumulate the assets. I would definitely do this trade if I'm Minnesota. And who knows, as we're talking right now, maybe they did accept it. I'm checking Twitter. Check it now. Is it through? Is it through? I don't know how it's not through. I mean, if this trade has actually been proposed, I don't see how Minnesota turns it down. So crazy. But, uh, yeah, so as of now, trade still hasn't happened. I agree with you, Webby. If I'm Minnesota, I do it. If I'm the Rockets, oof. I don't know if I'm giving up four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. No. But. We agree here, Webby, but you know what? On to a segment that we might not agree on, and that is our Turn Up, Turn Down segment. And uh, those who are new to the Ball on Blast podcast, the Turn Up, Turn Down segment is simple. We make a hot take, and then it's the answer is either Turn Up, which equals good, or Turn Down, which equals bad. Simple, easy, makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. So, first hot take. The Raptors are the best team in the East. Mr. Andrew Webster, are you turning up or turning down? I thought these takes had to be hot. <laughs> because this is a pretty cold take. Yeah, 5-0 and and the way, not only the opponents that they've taken down, but the way that they've taken them down. Uh, and, and if you've been watching the Raptors for as long as we have, uh, the last couple of years there's been a trend with these teams that have been excellent. And it's yeah. build up a big lead in the first half, watch it slip away in the third quarter, <laughs> and then finish with a very tight three- to five-point game, whether it's a win or a loss. Now, yeah. what they've been doing is building up those leads. I, and I know it's early, only five games in, but they've building up these leads and then uh, putting their foot on the gas, not letting it up, yeah. and, and winning these games by quite a bit. You know, and yeah, not they've been very convincing games. And you look at the score against Minnesota, and it it finished as a seven point game, but that wasn't a seven point game, right? Like they beat Minnesota legitimately. Like that yeah. was just a we're better than you. You mentioned if you just go through their schedule, the game against the Hornets, the Hornets don't even like you. You don't even deserve to be on the same court, right? That's how much the Raptors ran them out of the gym. Washington Wizards, you get beat without Kawhi Leonard get out of here, right? Like, the Wizards are not serious about life. And that game against the Boston Celtics, that's a 12-point win against the Celtics. Yeah. The team that everyone's telling you is the favorite. Penciled in into the finals. Penciled into the finals. You have some people making the hot take that maybe the Celtics could even beat the Warriors. And then here come the Raptors, solid 12-point victory. I don't know. I, you mentioned it, Webby. It's just the way that the Raptors have done it so far. It's so difficult to nitpick anything negative about what we've seen from the Toronto Raptors so far. And we talked about it at the start of this podcast. Kawhi Leonard is good, but like 
really, really, really good. And there's little things where I think I'm a basketball fan and I watch a lot of ball and I've seen Kawhi play. The one thing that stands out to me, I didn't know he was that good of a three-point shooter. I, I thought he could knock down like the wide open three. I didn't know about the off the dribble, hezzy, step back. You know what I mean? With the guy in, in his face. I didn't know he had that three. I love the, uh, did you see the video of the, him doing the same move to three different dudes on the Hornets? Yes, yes, yeah. Moving on in our turn up, turn down segment. The next hot take that might not be that hot. <laughs> Rondo meant to spit in Chris Paul's face. Turn up or turn down, Webby? Okay, let's relax here. <laughs> oh. First of all, <laughs> I, I like to think... Honestly, I like to think of Ron because Rondo's like literally, uh, and I'll tell you quite honestly, one of my favorite non-Philadelphia athletes ever. Okay. I think okay. that he's like so intelligent and like literally operating on a different plane than a lot of players playing in the NBA right now. Now, okay. in that, he's like uh, like criminally insane. Like <laughs> if there was anybody, if there was any NBA player who was going to like – uh, hijack an airplane or something or like do something really fucked up I think it would be Rondo like he's like really he could, like like he's a super villain like he's super smart like he could be part of the like Ocean's Eleven crew or something like 100% <laughs> and, and like but he just doesn't use those powers for good he uses them for evil so I noticed that in you expressing your love for Rondo you managed to not answer the question about whether he spit in Chris Paul's face or not. There's going to be a big butt here. If there's anybody out there <laughs> who knows how to spit on somebody through a mouth guard, okay. It's going to be Rondo. Okay. Yes. If there's so, someone who could spit without making it look like he spit but definitely did it on purpose. 100% <laughs> it's Rondo, right? 100%. <laughs> So, yes, yes, he did mean to spit on Chris Paul. And uh, I'll tell you that he got, a, he got a good left jab in there, too, you know. He tagged, he tagged Chris right in the face. But, oh, he got him. But, and, he got him. Now, I was listening to this, too. I, who, I, it was, must have been Simmons or somebody on the ringer talking about when you're looking for an NBA fight, yeah. you, you want two guards. Okay. Right, the big guys. You sure Shaq against oh, Greg? They're too lanky. I see. Shaq okay. against Greg Ostertag would have been fun for maybe like thirty seconds, but <laughs> but the the guards, the 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 NBA guards are the ones that you want to see scrap because those guys can actually land a couple punches and keep going. So yeah, uh, it's like you're you're definitely going to see at least a one-two combo before people break it up. I I, I did like the beef and I like the ongoing beef between those two as well. Well, that's the thing. These guys have had a history for so long, right? And I think they're one year apart in age. And so they would have been like, you know, high school All-Americans around the same time playing against each other. And so if you think about it, Rondo, this whole entire time, remember, Rondo came in and won a championship. I was going to say, here's what Rondo has that Chris Paul doesn't. A ring. Rondo, like, you know that Rondo this whole time has probably thought that he is better than Chris Paul. I think, right? Like, well, Chris mm. Paul gets labeled as the point god and the NBA's best point guard of his generation, which all fine and well might be true. But I'm saying in Rajon Rondo's mind, he probably thinks that he's been better than Chris Paul this whole time and kind of like, hold on, why is everyone always talking about Chris Paul? Like, I'm the one with the ring. I got a championship, right? So their beef, as you said, it's longstanding. Uh, I don't know if I think that Chris Paul's better or, or Rondo's better, but I prefer Rondo. 
And I think if I was... No, I know exactly what you're saying. No, I totally get you. If yeah. I was putting together a team, if I was lucky enough to be an NBA GM, Rondo, I, I, Rondo's a guy that I would want ahead of Chris Paul. Now, that's not... No, too... I totally know what you're saying. I, I'm just talking from the viewpoint of Rondo. Like, there's beef there, right? Oh, yeah. That's like long-standing beef, those guys not liking each other. And it was interesting to see the narrative of that night. And I guess I'll tell the story on the podcast because it's pretty funny. But we talked about it before, right? I've been doing these... Uh, ball on blast like post game shows for the raptors so that was on saturday night we did one of those shows and then everyone left and i was editing or uploading or whatever while that laker game was on right and so oh no that wasn't saturday that was friday night right right i think it was friday night whatever it doesn't matter but point is i'm watching the game and i've already like acknowledged the fact that i am completely hooked i am in on all west coast lakers games this year and i will not be sleeping this year so i'm already in this game was amazing going back and forth i'm so into it and i ordered late night food i ordered the uber eats (laughs) and the uber eats thing shows up and it's like oh it's at my door and i stand up right as the fight breaks out. And I'm like, whoa, that Uber Eats guy's waiting at my door for a second. What the hell's going on, right? And then finally I'm like, oh, I can just rewind this and go back. But I wanted to see it live, like in the moment. I was just like, holy shit, there were punches thrown. Like how often are there actual punches thrown, right? That's what got me. Like it stopped me dead in my tracks, Webby. It was a spectacle. And we haven't seen a spectacle like that in the NBA in a very long time. Like, did you notice who was, like, sitting courtside? Like, because remember, this is Staples Center. LeBron-era Staples, right? The home opener. So the spectacle well, I saw Travis courtside Scott. was incredible. I saw Travis Scott, and I saw, I saw your boy Nipsey Hussle. That's who yes. I saw Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle was there standing up. Uh, what's my dude's name? Is it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, Anthony Kiedis got booted from the game. <laughs> Yo, TMZ had video of him, like, screaming at Chris Paul as if, like, he was going to fight Chris Paul, right? Like, it was amazing. And, like, that could only happen at Staples, right? Like, that level of celebrity. Like, you know, in Toronto, for example, Drake sitting courtside. But it's like, if you had, like, Anthony Kiedis obviously is, like, another level of, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. it's And it's Staples Center. Like, it was just so crazy. And then add in the Brandon Ingram part. Right where Brandon Ingram just comes out of nowhere, and it's like, whoa! I didn't know Brandon Ingram was about that life like that. You know, yo. <laughs> like not only that, but Brandon so Brandon Ingram started it by getting pissed at Harden. Exactly, it was right? too like, great. It was such just a weird situation. So the other thing, so the other bit about this that I really liked, and it, we're seeing this now more and more with uh, just NBA, uh, and really anything that happens in sports is that now we have social media. So all these guys can go on social media and, and talk about what happened. And so one of the people who did that was Carmelo Anthony, who kind of like uh-huh. talked shit to Rondo. And I think it was Brandon Ingram and Rondo. And he's like, hey, man, that's not how we do in the NBA. Meanwhile, this is the same Carmelo <laughs> Anthony who punched somebody and did the moonwalk. <laughs> to uh, Nate Robinson. Was right? it Nate Robinson? No, he punched, like, uh, what's a guy's name? I can see him, too, with the mini fro. I want to say, like, Marty Collins? No, that's <laughs> I not don't know. I can see the dude. But, just... but then, like, Nate Robinson stepped in and, like, put his fists up, and Melo's, like, backing up. Oh, man, I do remember that. At MSG. Yeah, it was, was it was in New York. But it's like, come on, Melo, we know. Yeah. We got the receipts. Yeah. Um... <laughs> We've seen your work before. Yes, yes, we're familiar. We're familiar with uh, Cornrow Mello. (laughs) 
Yes, Cornrow Mellow. Mellow, what was those? Was this Smack DVD Mellow, right? Oh, it's shit. that era, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> stop snitching stop snitching mellow yes 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 uh so good the nba is amazing and again just like everything about travis scott courtside hype nipsey (laughs) hustle standing up as if he's about to jump into the light like it was just so amazing and this lebron era of the lakers like it's musty tv oh yeah right oh yeah how crazy is it webby the craziest part of it all might have been the fact that of all people Lance was a peacemaker. Listen, listen, Lance is a mature basketball player, okay? <laughs> Lance isn't one. But see, here's the thing. Lance isn't one to drop him. Lance isn't one to throw down. Lance is a more cerebral basketball player than that. He's going okay. he's gonna to get you, uh, and uh, again, a term that we're going to hear later on, Lance is the guy who's going to get you big mad. <laughs> All right, you're going to get big mad because of what Lance does. Uh... Okay. Well, earlier in that game, right, there was a play where Lance, like, he scored, I think, and then he tried to headbutt the ball, but ends up, like, headbutting it into Harden, and Harden's, <laughs> the look on Harden's face was just kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? like, Fantastic. It was just amazing. Everything about that seed was crazy. Then you had the stories of Rondo's entourage, whether it's, like, Rondo, I don't know, remember if it was Rondo's wife or girlfriend confronting Chris Paul's wife in the stands, like, it was just a complete gong show. And back to the actual question, did he mean to spit in Chris Paul's face? The whole time I was like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then that one, like, super slow-mo phantom Where you see shot it. came up. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was like, ooh, okay. But it's funny. It's like okay. it's like the fucking Zapruder film with JFK. <laughs> it's like, oink. When it plays at a regular speed, you're like, nah, I don't see it. And then they slow it down. And you're like, nah, I don't see it. Slow it down a little more. You're, I don't see it. And then that really slow-mo phantom cam one that you're taking, you're like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yo, shout out to one of my boys, P. He loves Chris Paul, okay? <laughs> and no word of a lie, Webby. This happened. So this fight, was it was on Saturday. It was Saturday night. Monday afternoon, we're still texting back and forth as he's convincing me that obviously Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face on purpose. Like it was like it had the group chat. Just like on Fuego <laughs> for like a solid 48 hours straight. Like the NBA is amazing. It's so good because things like that happens, right? As you said, it ends up on social media and then it spreads even more like wildflower, wildflower, wow, wildflower. What's wildflower? Oh, wildflower is a club in downtown Toronto. Wow. Okay. I was like, why did I just say that? But it spreads like wildfire is what I wanted to say. <laughs> We got it. And then it becomes such a storyline. And it's so crazy how that all went down. And they obviously their suspensions, which were you surprised at how short the suspensions were? No, no. I mean, it's beginning of the year. Like, and I, I agree too, in the sense that, well, I'll let you finish. I mean, like how many games should they get? What what, was it? uh, Rondo, Rondo got three, Paul got two and Ingram got four. Something like that. Ingram Ingram got something like that. It wasn't it wasn't too egregious though. Yeah, I mean I I don't know how much longer you want to suspend guys, you know? There's a couple other like things that people were were kind of bringing up in terms of what the thought process could be with the short suspensions. One, I firmly believe that Adam Silver is a commissioner that's like, Hey, we don't want fights in the NBA all the time. 
but he realizes the climate isn't necessarily the same that it was in America and culturally as it was in like the mid nineties when David Stern was like, we can't show this fight. Like there's footage of the fight in the NBA finals in like, what is it? 95. Right. That like the NBA basically has scrubbed from right. like the internet and the world. Cause they didn't want you to see a fight. Right. Because you can't have black guys fighting on TV on NBC, right? Like the NBA can't have that. We're selling this black league to white people, right? I feel like culturally, at least with sports in the NBA in this era, the LeBron James era is a little different. And I feel like Adam Silver knows that we don't want fighting all the time, but on some level, this is good promo for the league, right? Yeah. Like it's a talking point. That's what I mean. Like it's good publicity for the league because everyone's talking about the spit. Everyone's watching the video over and over again. It's like advertisement. Does he want fights all so the time? No. I, he's not going to suspend these guys for 20 games for it either. I think this is a chicken and the egg thing. I think that, yeah, sure, this, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, but it's also the, you know, the situation in the society that we're consuming these games within, right? So if anything happens, it's going to be dissected, it's going to be broken down, we're going to get the the, uh, angles on it, they're going to be all over social media, they're going to be all over the 24-hour news cycle and sports. So, yeah, sure, like... It does bring, you know, a lot more attention to the league, but it's also a league that doesn't necessarily need to go out and find attention because the way it's being consumed is kind of by everybody all the time on social media, on television. Like, the the NBA is really, if it hasn't surpassed the NFL, it's certainly getting close as the 24-7, 365-day-a-year sport. Yeah. <clears throat> no, for sure. The other, the other uh, conspiracy theory I'd love to get your opinion on. Okay, hit is, me. Is that they didn't want to make these suspensions too long because there's a worry out there that the Lakers might not make the playoffs, and so you don't want to have the West is going to be super tight, and you don't want to have an instance where the Lakers are missing game too many games without Brandon Ingram and uh, Rajon Rondo. And that could be games that the Lakers lose that later on that could cause them to miss the playoffs. And you can't have LeBron on the Lakers not in the playoffs in the NBA. Don't buy it because look at where the Houston Rockets are now, too. Okay. You know? Just, okay. Just throwing it out there, Webby. Just throwing it out there. You're allowed to Dikembe Matumbo swat it out. <laughs> I'm just here throwing out throwing out the conspiracy. I, I understand. Well, well, take, the, <laughs> take those 4chan losers and get them out of here. <laughs> Our next turn up, turn down topic is Steve Kerr should have let Steph Curry play in the fourth. Now, obviously, this question comes up because Steph Curry just stunned, stunned oh all over the Wizards, scoring 51 points in three quarters. <laughs> Again, 51 points, including 11 threes in three quarters, and then didn't play the fourth. So my question, Webby, should Steve Kerr have let Steph play in the fourth? Well, of course he should have, but this is something that we shouldn't be surprised that he did in pulling out a star who was blowing up because this has happened already a couple of times with Clay Thompson. True. Where Clay's had something like 60 through three quarters or, you know, 55 through a <laughs> half or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then he'll sit these guys because – 
Uh, I mean, as I'm sure that he'll tell you, you know, it's not about getting these personal accolades during the regular season. It's about, you know, saving yourself for when it really matters in June and May. But you know what I say? Fuck that, man. Let let Steph go off for 80 if he can. But, yeah, he's the coach, so whatever. And it's not like Curry's never going to have him. He's the an, coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to... It's not going to be like Steph Curry's not going to have another big 50-plus point game again this season or later on in his career. I think maybe if it had been like Iggy going for 50, um, it would have been something that Kerr would have left him in for that. But it's Steph, and Steph seems to drop 50 every couple of weeks. It is pretty crazy to see a stat line of 51 points on 15 of 24. That's what, yeah, yeah. Like, what? That doesn't even make sense, right? That doesn't even seem to make sense. But there's another crazy stat. I think it was from, like, he's four of six from three-pointers from beyond 30 feet. It's like something just stupid. Like, and it's just like. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But here's my thing. Let him play in the fourth quarter because. The NBA is fun, right? The NBA is about history. All these sports are about historical moments, and there's only a few times where you get to see things like Kobe scoring 81, right? Like, why wouldn't we want to see Steph try to go for 81 or go for 100 or go for whatever? Like, why not? What do you have to lose? The other thing is, if we if we want to – I don't want to go too far into this, but this could be the last year of this whole – Warriors experiment uh. as the rumors continue to bubble about Kevin Durant's going to be gone after this year. So this might be the last year of this just like crazy ass experiment where you're running out. Well, what used to be four all-stars, but by the end of this year could be five all-stars in your starting lineup. Why not let, let the chef cook for the fourth quarter and just see what number he comes up with. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's like, uh, they were, they were at home, too, weren't they? They were in Golden they were State. He was, oh, and he was shimmying. He was staring down the bench. He did the Michael Jordan shrug. Like, Steph was, he was enjoying himself. He was having a good time. And yeah, the Wizards weird. are trash. <laughs> like, the oh Wizards, like, oh, man. They got to do oh. something. I don't know what's up with that team, but they got to do something. Yikes. <laughs> That's not good, man. That's a great response. Yikes. Because it sums it up perfectly. It's just like, what are you doing? It's but, like, uh, and they came into the season, too, thinking that they were going to be a playoff team. But here's my and thing. it's like, nobody told the rest of the league. <laughs> That's true. And it's like, it's okay, guys. Everything will be okay once Dwight Howard comes back, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But the other thing, too, and I know that I'm the Warriors hater, and I always say I don't watch the Warriors in the regular season because they don't take the, the regular season seriously. But I'm kind of like, hold on. Now's when you're going to be a coach, Steve Kerr, when the whole league is sitting on the edge of their seats wanting to watch something fun and historic happen. Now's when you want to step in and be the coach and be like, oh, Steph, take the rest of the, the, the night off. Like, your, come on, man. Your anti-Steve Kerr takes are great. Yo, his post game last night, he's just like, I mean, what do you do in that situation? He's just hitting shots like that. Like, I'm just sort of standing there like, yeah, nice, nice shot. Like, what do I do? And it, to me, isn't that you every night? Because if it's not Steph, <laughs> it's KD. And if it's not KD, it's Clay. Like, I don't know, man. I, it would have been really interesting to see if he had taken the Knicks job. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, imagine that, right? Like, you know those, like, choose your adventure <laughs> books yeah, when you're yeah. a kid? 
that would be a great like video game right simulation like you're steve kerr you're a coach what do you do <laughs> how badly would that have turned out? nobody would have chosen the next only like Jesus and marrow would be like oh choose the next <laughs> solid reference solid reference there uh, but yes, Steve Kerr definitely should have let Steph play in the fourth because the NBA is supposed to be a fun place and we like fun things, Steve Kerr. So don't deprive us of watching history, Steve Kerr, unless Steph didn't want to play the fourth. And yeah, that could be it. You know, you don't want to. What's the old thing about showing up your opponents, right? That could be something that played into it. I don't know. Although Steph, like, he's hitting threes and turning to the bench and, like, looking at them. Yeah, I know. He's shimmying around. <laughs> he's dancing around like his fucking soft shoe hour or something. <laughs> Katie's, like, calling the Wizards trash and, like, get these guys out of here. It's just like, <laughs> oh, the Warriors. Oh, boy. Well, uh, that wraps up our turn up or turn down segment. But as always, listeners, if you have a topic or something you want us to talk about, just shoot us a shoot us a tweet hit us up wherever you listen to this podcast give us some topics what you want to hear us talk about if you see something funny throughout the week let us know and you know not only do we get our our topics that we talk about from there but we also get them from social media which leads us to our feed me segment which is the best things to come across our social media feed involving the nba and this was a very, and obviously it's the NBA, so there's a lot of different ways we could go with this each and every week, but I found this story super interesting, Webby, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. So, this from the New York Times, and Mark Stein, who says, exclusive, Agent Witch Paul and top 2019 draft prospect Darius Baisley discuss their new endorsement deal with New Balance that will pay Baisley at least $1 million while he spends this college basketball season as an intern. So, again, this story is this kid who was one of the top prospects, right, heavily recruited, was set up to go to Syracuse, all of a sudden decommitted and was going to go to the G League. But then those plans changed. And Rich Paul, who, for those who don't know, is best friends with LeBron James and they have Clutch Sports. So this kid signs with Clutch Sports and they worked out this thing where he signs an endorsement deal with New Balance that can be up to, it can be worth up to fourteen million dollars, but he's guaranteed one million as he'll spend a year training and being a quote unquote intern for New Balance. Webby, my question to you is, what do you make of this story? Yeah, I good for him. Listen, all for it. You have yeah, no problems with this at all. No problems with this at all. In fact, I think this might be starting to be the new trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, why risk injury? Why risk getting paid? Why risk securing the bag mm-hmm. for Syracuse? <laughs> why risk your future for Iowa State? Yeah. Okay? Uh, I mean, this... It's different now, and it seems like the people who are running college sports are the last to get on this train. Uh, yeah. t- times have changed, and it, you can look around professional sports leagues right now, and you can see that the power has shifted between the people from the people who run the teams to the people who play in the leagues. And right now, we live in a world of sports fandom where players have more control than they've ever had before, and. Yeah. It's starting to happen in college sports, too. And if you're not going to pay these players or give them any reason to come to your school, to your institution, and play basketball for you, other than what? It's going to teach you how to be a man? 
then uh, no one's going to come and play for you. They're going to find other ways to make it to the NBA, and they're going to yeah. find ways to make it to the NBA without risking the future of their careers. Well, here's the thing. I think like the charade is up with college basketball in terms of like it's becoming front page news that these kids are getting money when they go to these schools anyways, right? So on that standpoint, cool, blow up the system. Anything that's going to blow up the current system, I'm for. I'm also for just any way that you can find, you know, just different, new, unique ways to better a kid's life, all for that, right? And, like, not get worked by the system and take advantage of the system, I'm all for that. So the other parts of this story and the other reason why it's part of the Feed Me segment is because Jeff Goodman spoke to Jim Beheim on the former Syracuse signee getting a guaranteed $1 million deal with New Balance, and Beheim said, quote, LeBron did a nice job helping his client. It is LeBron's client, right? Close quote. To which LeBron <laughs> quote tweeted, shout out to the quote tweet, which is always a key move, in caps, oh, they big mad. <laughs> With some laughing emojis after that. Now, Jim Beheim tried to, you know, back off it and say, reply to LeBron saying, not me, I'm happy for him, wish, wish him the best. But we know that's not, that's not real, right? Uh, he's big mad, absolutely, <laughs> because uh, be, because this the the tide is turning for these yes. college coaches, exactly, and, and and these players finding uh, new, different, successful ways to make it to the NBA without mm -hmm. having to you know fill the coffers of these college coaches. Yeah, uh, I mean it's going to affect their bottom line, so of course they're going to be pissed. Of course like, they're going to take shots at, at guys getting agents, and especially when these agents are connected to NBA superstars like LeBron James because they see it as a threat, and it is a threat, and it's a good it, threat. It's also just like you mentioned it, right, but it's a, a, another interesting way to blow up the sham that is college sports, right, because you mentioned it, like this whole, oh, well, you get a free education. Like, come on, man. The majority of these kids are not going to school. Especially if you're a one-and-done basketball player, you're not even going to be well, in school for a full calendar year. Hold on, right? hold like, on. Here's the thing, okay? You may be right, but that's a bit of a stereotype. I, I, I still completely believe, and, and it's true, that the option is there. That free education is there. But the Definitely problem is. is, is that there is a complete hypocrisy with these student athletes because they are expected in the eyes of us, in the eyes of the public, in the eyes of their institutions where they're going, that they not only have to keep up their grades, but they also have to keep up their academic scholarship. So that means they have to attend every practice, every film yeah. session. If they get cut, they lose their scholarship. So it's, that the, it's this balancing act of having to perform uh, at the highest level uh, to try and further their career in their chosen sport while also fulfilling the duties of a regular student without any kind of compensation. You know, like, honestly, it, it would be like, um, hard to say, but it would be like having an intramural basketball player, right? It still has to go to school, still has to do all their courses, but they're treating guys like... Darius Baisley, like an intramural basketball player, when that's not what he is. He's a money-making machine for whichever university that he goes to. 
Exactly. And, for, and that's what I mean in terms of the charade, right? And like, for him not to get anything back from that is is ludicrous and, and completely unfair. So Yeah, no, totally. Totally, totally agree with you. So good for him. Just, yeah, good for him, good for Rich Paul, because you're going to see this turn into a growing trend. And, I mean, it sounds like, oh, no, it already came out, right? The NBA is going to look to eliminate the one-and-done rule anyways, right? Like, that's the thing that's coming yeah, that's what, say in 2020. what Adam Silver's been saying, yeah. Adam Silver's on that. So, like, it's going to get eliminated anyways, and I think that the whole point of, you know, telling these kids that are about to make a million dollars, like, well, this is what you have to do. before You have to make us a bunch of money before you go make your million dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, eliminating that system is crazy. My only issue with this is I'm not really sure what New Balance's ball gear is like. Yo, same. <laughs> I have no idea. It's almost as like. disappointing as when I heard that Joel Embiid's sneaker deal was for Under Armour. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting, right? Because the the reason why, if people are wondering, you know, why the deal would be with New Balance and maybe not with some of the other bigger brands, is obviously because Nike, Adidas, those those brands have deals multi-million dollar deals with these universities in the NCAA. So they can't risk, you know, messing with that money. So they're not going to participate in something like this, right? So that's why you get a brand like New Balance that's willing to step up because they don't have anything to lose by, you know, going against the NCAA. And I hope that Darius gets a lot out of his internship. I know that I got a lot out of of my internship at the score back in the day. (laughs) As did I, Webby, as did I. But uh, it was a little. It's for a little under a one million dollars, though, right? Hey, whatever. It's still more than he'd make going to fucking Syracuse. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, no. I'm saying our internships at the score were worth a little less than a million. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> eating ramen back then, man, for sure. Oh man, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, crazy stories just all over the NBA. And that wraps up our Feed Me segment. And as always, we close things out with our Ask on Blast segment, which basically is, I I guess it ends up always being a non-basketball topic. Normally, it's non-sports even. But, you know, this time around, it's still sports, just not the NBA. And this week, the question comes from Scott. And Scott says, are you guys watching the World Series? And what are your thoughts? Webby, I'm going to start with you. Are you, Mr. Andrew Webster, enjoying the World Series? I am enjoying the World Series, but that's because I'm washed. I'm an old, <laughs> I'm an old person, and that means I love baseball. Uh, no, listen, it's the World Series, man. Uh, like I'm going to watch a, any kind of championship series before I'm going to watch anything else other than football. So, uh, you know, I've always watched a World Series every year. Now, especially now that I'm, you know, uh, doing a nine-to-five job, I'm, I'm usually yeah. tapping out around the seventh inning. But uh, there's nothing better than baseball where every pitch matters, uh, where, like, literally one pitch can determine the outcome of a game or a series. Like, I love that. And, you know, 162 games is is a grind even for my beloved Phillies, so I'll usually catch maybe like a third of those games. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, you can't you can't deny uh, amazing October baseball. That uh, like I say, every pitch counts. It's great. I'm sorry, I'm going the other way, and I grew up loving baseball. Like baseball was my sport growing up. Obviously, I love the Jays. 
Uh, one of my greatest childhood memories was being terrified as a 10 year old because uh, my friend's dad, when we were at my friend's house, when Joe Carter hit the home run and my friend's dad was like, we're going to Young Street. And we went to Young Street and I'm 10 years <laughs> old and there's people like jumping up and down on cars and like smashing storefront windows. And I'm terrified. But still, like you look back on it, it's like, yo, I love baseball. I was Joe Carter for Halloween, like three years <laughs> in a row as a kid. Like I grew up loving baseball. But in 2018, there's a few things that work against baseball. Okay. Hit me. One, like the Leafs and Raptors are on, and I'm going to watch basketball in the NBA ahead of uh, a baseball game. Like that's you're going to watch like, October hockey and October basketball ahead of a series that's going to crown a champion. And here's the reason why. I can watch a basketball doubleheader and then flick over, and the baseball game is still going to be in the eighth inning. Who has time for that in 2018? Everything about our lives in 2018 is about speeding things up, right? Speeding up the process, making things quicker, faster, more like digestible. And baseball is a complete opposite of that. And you know what's funny? Sometimes I'm watching basketball and I'll flip over to the baseball game, right? So think about this. If you watch a basketball game and in 30 seconds, how much stuff can happen in like 30 seconds of a hockey game or basketball or whatever, right? And I was watching and I flicked over. I was watching basketball. Flicked over to hockey. Both were in commercial. <clears throat> Flicked over to baseball. And for 30 seconds, literally nothing happened. <laughs> Guys. Like, I mean, the pitcher got the ball, and the pitcher's just standing there staring at the catcher. And I'm looking, and I'm like, literally nothing is happening. Like, nothing. Like, they're, like everyone is just standing there. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, the way that my attention span works now where I need the, like, constant just movement or something happening, I can't do it. Then on top of that. Yeah, it's funny too. Like baseball is that sport that's so steeped in tradition. And whereas we've seen rule changes almost on a yearly basis in hockey, in basketball, and in football. It seems like the the sport are are, are changing on a yearly basis. And the one – I mean baseball won't change. Like they're trying – like I mean I guess that they've added replay, but that's really only served to make the games even longer. Right. So, exactly. And that's the other part to it that I was going to say, Webby. The way that the game is played now, it's not entertaining. Like, I don't want to just sit there and watch guys try to hit home runs for four hours. Like, I don't want to watch that. That is not entertaining to me. I like baseball when dudes are hitting singles and trying to, like, steal second or take the extra base or trying to hit it to the gap or hit it opposite field or bunt and sacrifice a guy over. What I'm not here for is four hours of dudes trying to hit home runs and striking out and pitching changes. Yeah. Like, am I going to watch a bullpen game? Get out of here. I have zero time for that. A bullpen See, but game there's, but, in the playoffs? But there's also, Get out of here. There's also nothing more magical than a pitcher, oh, whether they're a starter or a reliever, yeah. absolutely crapping themselves. There's and and you can feel it. You can feel it happening, and you can almost sense it as it starts to that wheel starts to turn, and you just go, "Oh shit, this is going to be bad for the Red Sox, or this is going to be bad for the Dodgers." Like you say, I find that there's benefit to how slow the pace of baseball is because I find it's a a great Twitter sport because I don't have to be, you know, because the guys are taking thirty seconds with. 
Oh, you're not glued. I'm not glued. I you can multitask. Yeah, man, I can go I can make my I can make a meal, I can clean the dishes, I can just it's a great it's great to have in if the girl's watching you know new girl or whatever it's great to just have on a second screen and just kind of check in check your phone whatever you don't have to be locked in like i find that especially with football on sundays with the red zone now you're just like locked in for seven hours or you know nba on tnt doubleheader like we're going okay like there's going to be basketball on but with the with the with the baseball, you're not gonna miss. Like you say, you're not gonna miss anything. If you do, they're gonna replay it a hundred times. It's it's very I'm, relaxed. Honestly, I'm like, I'll see what I need to see on Twitter, and then I'll flick over at like twelve, and the game will be. And right, watch the last two innings. So yeah. Like, <laughs> right? I'm like, all right, cool. And at that point, I'll make a decision if it's a close game or not. And I'm just, I can do it, man. But you know. We do know that you like basketball, and hopefully you enjoyed this basketball podcast that we put together for you each and every week on this little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. Mr. Andrew Webster, if people want to find you, if people want to hear your takes, if people want to watch baseball with you and tweet you about Mookie Betts. Where can they? I just, you know, you we can tweet along uh, the next pitcher meltdown. Uh, you just hit me up on Twitter at a Webster eighty four on Instagram, tweeting uh, pictures of my or Instagramming pictures of my meals. Also on Instagram <laughs> at a Webster eighty four because, like I say, I'm washed. I'm just doing these old people things. I will say I have been enjoying those pictures of your meals. I, I will say because I've just been curious. I'm like, oh, okay, Webby, I see you. I see you. Listen, the wife is a good cook, and I just I I pretend. Nothing wrong with that, my dude. Nothing wrong with that. I hear you. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and if you want to bother me or tweet at me, let me know what's going (laughs) on on Twitter, what I suck at. Uh, Actually, uh, this wasn't about this podcast. It was about the challenge podcast that we do for people that might might watch the challenge. Uh, You don't have to know what's going on this season in the challenge to appreciate this, but Someone tweeted at us and said, love the podcast, like always, guys, but I'm going to need Sheldon to stop constantly justifying trash behavior. It's starting to taint (laughs) the good you say. (laughs) I I love that. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to have, like, the reverse, like, feeling after reading something like that, but I love that. No. Right? No, now you got to double down on it. Oh, so good. But if you want to tweet at us, let us know what you think about the Raptors or anything else going on in the NBA. Or if you want us to talk about some topics or my trash behavior, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, which is the same place that you can find our Wrap It Up Raptors postgame show. Raptor fans, if you love basketball, we got something for you. After each and every Raptor game, tune in on Twitter live for the Wrap It Up podcast, which then gets flipped and put out everywhere else that you can also find this podcast, which you're already listening to. So you're probably already seeing it pop up on the streams, right? Search On Blast Podcast for everything. Ball On Blast with myself and Andrew Webster. You can also catch the Wrap It Up Podcast with me and a cast of many. (laughs) Rotating Um, cast of guests. Rotating cast of many. So shout out to the people on iTunes and SoundCloud. Again, just search On Blast Podcast. Shout out to the day one people on SoundCloud. And shout out to the people who are liking and subscribing and watching the videos on YouTube. Huge shout out to you guys. Really appreciate it. I love the comments. I'm in the comment section trying to have conversations with people that are giving us their takes on the Serge Ibaka redemption season. 
definitely, Ooh. <laughs> definitely appreciate Nick Nurse, those takes. the Serge Ibaka whisperer. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. Just trying to keep the projects moving, keep the projects coming. So let us know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and like and subscribe on YouTube. I think that's it for the promos. I think. I think that's like it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of promos. I apologize for Man, that. Man, it's it's the podcasting empire here. <laughs> We're trying here, right? What what was C? Ah, oh, I messed up the line. What CJ McCollum said on Twitter. Remember when the the girl was like, oh, what was it? It's like, I'm trying Jennifer or something. Oh, like yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Damn it, I messed up the line. Hold on. Hold on. I got, that you know was what I'm talking best. about, right? When the, the, the girl like chirped him because of him <laughs> going at KD. It's like, how about you try and focus on winning championships? He's like, I'm trying Jennifer. CJ McCollum. <laughs> right? It was so good. But, you know, that's all we're trying to do right now. And <laughs> I'm trying, Jennifer. Yeah, that <laughs> that's was... what it was, right? I was right. I just didn't have confidence in the line. That's the lesson here, right? Be confident. Always trust be confident. Gut. Trust your gut. Um, and trust us to deliver the goodness on Basketball Podcast. And if you like it, subscribe and let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is... The Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. Ball on Blast.